Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 45 of the Message Board Geniuses podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey and MBG. Joy is living large down in the Bahamas, so we thought we'd do something a little different this week. We're bringing on our first ever guest host. Our guest host is an Alabama super fan. She's also a great follow on Twitter, where you can find her at CourtAnn1225. Courtney, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be here. Good to have you. Thanks. Very excited to have you on. To start off, every time we have a guest on, we go around the horn. Each of us ask you a question and just let you cook. Does that work for you? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Court, or, uh, Casey, you want to lead it off? Sure, Courtney. I don't know if anyone's told you, but I kind of have the, the long-winded question. It's kind of my job to loosen you up. So everyone that follows you know you're the biggest Bama fan out there. I've had three experiences with Bama fans, all three very different. Okay, Phoenix, they were great. We were like, as Clemson fans, were like the cute newborn. You know, I even think I got patted on the head a few times. It was a very great experience of two teams that kind of fan bases that kind of respected each other. It, it was a lot of fun. Then we went to Tampa, and it for it felt more like we were the quiet neighbor that must have pissed off our neighbors in some point. Like they were not very friendly to us uh, in Tampa. And then Santa Clara, it was like, it felt like we were exes, you know, cordial, but we really didn't want to do anything or be around each other anymore. But as, at the end, Bama fans were crying on my shoulder. It was really kind of awkward. It was embarrassing, really. Wish that. With that being said, my question is, how far would you travel for an NSYNC reunion concert? <laughs> wow. I don't even know where to start with that. And welcome so to the show. To Thank you. First off, about Clemson, I do get that because at first, you know, as a Bama fan, it's kind of like, oh, you know, Dabo is one of us. We respect that. Cute. You know, maybe he'll come back to us one day. <laughs> then we get our ass beat and we're like, okay, well, maybe this isn't so cute anymore. Maybe this is actually really a competition. Then we go on and we beat you guys and we're like, okay. And then we meet you again and then we get our ass whooped and now we don't want Dabo now you're like mortal enemy <laughs> so it it was it was like the start of a good relationship that turned sour but to answer your actual question you know when I I grew up as an NSYNC fan like I was in high school loved it and now I have adult money and I can travel wherever and I will travel wherever even if it is to Luke Bryan's backyard, I will do that. <laughs> I am going to this reunion tour if it happens. I promise. That's awesome. For those of you who don't know, I would not classify Courtney as the biggest Luke Bryan fan in the world. So. He is like the worst vocalist on planet Earth, for sure. A good person, just not a good singer. Yeah, he. I mean, he is a good person. And like I was telling Casey earlier, I was like, he can be a good person and just like never sing again. <laughs> I don't even know this person. You're not good. Perfect. 
You don't want to. He's awful. <laughs> All right, Courtney. So I know you like to mix it up with people on Twitter. It's always super amusing. I was wondering, um, who's your favorite famous or high profile person that you've got into it with? And why is it Lenny Dykstra? <laughs> oh, my God. That. Well, you got blocked by nails? No, he never blocked me. He just like came at me because of three-year letterman. He made a joke about, you know, the waterbed thing. And <laughs> I piled on top and he just went after me. He told me I was like an old hag. And I was like, that's <laughs> really funny coming from like this old toothless, like cocaine addict man. <laughs> You know, so I don't know. He just went off and he started blocking people. He, I was like, okay, it's time for you to stop tweeting. He eventually deleted everything. I think once he got done with his cocaine fueled Twitter bender, <laughs> but it was remember, something that's for sure. I remember watching the whole thing in real time and I, I was laughing my ass off. It was awesome because it ended up just with a gang of people going after nails and he was, <laughs> he, he's not intellectually uh, equipped to respond. <laughs> he was ill-equipped. Yeah. And I think I even told him at some point that I knew about his hooker, his bounce checks for his hookers. He did. <laughs> he was writing checks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was really something. He's a Nails wasn't that smart before the drugs, but I think no, they, yeah, drugs were definitely involved. <laughs> they, they definitely, 100%. Uh, they definitely put them even further behind. I think. Yeah. All right, MBG, what do you have? Well, Courtney, you're on Message Board Geniuses podcast, so mm -hmm. tell us about your message board experience. Uh, you have to post on message boards. You know, you actually, not? I don't. I am not. I'm not a member of any message boards anymore. My message board experiences came like, like right when Saban was about to become coach. And the big thing was tracking planes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yes. So that's what, like, that's what my message board days. And I really don't do it anymore. I just, I'm on Twitter. That's where all the chaos is. <laughs> Every like nobody. Here's the thing about message boards I find funny is nobody admits to being on them. Marler did. Well, that was it. He got kicked off. Right. He, he did. Got, he got yeah. kicked off. So he was the only one that even admitted ever being on there in any way, shape, or form. Because I would have thought. I'm pretty sure we read a message board post of yours a while back about wanting Nick Saban to retire so you could hire Dion or something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. It wasn't you. Are you sure it wasn't that I wanted Nick Saban to retire and hire, hire uh, Bill O'Brien? <laughs> <laughs> you could. I bet you could make that happen. Bill O'Brien's not looking so bad anymore. Oh, God. I don't believe that. <laughs> I just – I don't believe it. There's no out way. Out of sight, out of mind, you know? That's right. Like, he doesn't even exist anymore. It, it was like a national holiday when he left after last season. With yeah, I almost took off work to go drink. <laughs> yeah. It's glorious. All right, so let's uh, kick things off with a little college football discussion. We have week six of the season coming up this weekend, which means we'll be about halfway through the regular season. Uh, most teams will have a pretty good idea of who they are. I think after this weekend. So with that in mind, what games are y'all looking forward to the most this weekend? We'll start with Casey. We're going to keep the same order. Courtney, you're going to be in the number two spot where Joy usually is. So 
<laughs> Admittedly, Hoosh, I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't go first because I wouldn't be able to steal people's thunder. You know, you said what one game? I got six listed here. I mean, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay in character here. You know, this is where this also Quentin, this is where Casey steals whatever you had planned to say. Right. <laughs> I love it. I tried I to it. get I tried to Every get your week. genius of the week before too, but they wouldn't let me. So here we go. Most important game is actually Clemson versus Wake Forest. I mean, that honestly, that's just the most important. No, out of the five, I'll pick one. I think the one that I'm really looking forward to the most is probably that Ohio State-Maryland game. And not for anything other than seeing two undefeated teams play. And I know you guys are probably going SEC and maybe who's is going to the ACC. So I, I just, to his brother against Ohio State, Ohio State mm-hmm. coming off a bye week after playing a, a very emotional game with Notre Dame. I just hope it's competitive. I think it will be. And we'll see what Ohio State has. So that's the only one I'm doing, just because Courtney's here. I'm only going to do one. Why don't you do another one if you want? Do another one, Casey. UNC Syracuse. I want to see UNC versus Syracuse. (laughs) Okay, never mind. Don't do another one. Of the six, like, what are the chances? I mean, I wrote names next down next to the ones that I I see here. You know, like, I think uh, Courtney's going to go with that one. I think MBG's going to go with that one. I thought you were going to go Notre Dame Louisville, but you know. Yeah, no, I was trying to go off script, and then somehow you got me. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Courtney, what are you looking forward to? Obviously, Bama, Texas A&M. That's number one on my list. It's going to be a hard one. We have to go to College Station, and that is always a challenge for us. And I think, I mean, they're not a bad team this year. Just if they can hold it together, which they typically seem to be able to do against Bama. And second, I would say LSU, Missouri. I mean, LSU really isn't that great, but I am, I'm kind of high on Missouri right now. They're five and oh, and I mean, that's exciting. So I'm, I would love for them to pull it out. And their schedule lines up pretty well too. If they get past LSU, they have like uh, Kentucky and South Carolina the next two weeks, I think leading up to Georgia the week after that. So, I mean, they, I mean, they could be seven and oh, Possibly. I know Kentucky's undefeated and but I don't think I don't think South Carolina is that good. No, so Kentucky gets Georgia this weekend. Kentucky, Georgia this weekend. Yeah. That is that's gonna be a really good game too. I did forget about that one. And you know, I do think that Georgia's one of the best teams in the country. I mean, obviously, but I also everybody's seen it. I think they're beatable. Unlike, you know, last year where they looked really, really good, and the year before they looked really, really good. You can tell that they're beatable this year. They I definitely. Think, I think everybody. Is. A, uh, yeah, I do too. Yeah. This is the first year it's, it felt this open in a while, right? Like I feel like everybody is beatable this year, and that hasn't been the case the last few years. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, MBG. Well, one I was going to say was Kentucky, Georgia. We've already talked about that. I think Kentucky looks really good, and Georgia has looked questionable at times. So. I think Kentucky's got a puncher's chance in that game. So I'm interested in that one. But I think the obvious one that no one's mentioned is the Oklahoma-Texas game. This is where, I mean, I don't know. I think these two are going to end up playing each other in the Big 12 title game. So it might not, the stakes might not be as high as on this one because I think both of them could afford a loss. But Quinn Yours' Heisman hopes probably hang in the balance this game. He needs to play well. And Texas probably needs to win this game. 
but I'm curious to see how it goes. I think Oklahoma's a little overrated too, because I think they've had a pretty soft schedule so far. So I'm curious to see how Dylan Gabriel does against a real defense. So that one's probably at the top with Kentucky, Georgia. And MBG is going to put your Texas, didn't you say Texas undefeated going into the playoff? So it's going to be a good a good test, another good test for them uh, this week. This is this might be their last test until yeah. the Big 12 championship game. So we'll see how it goes. I just don't like either one of those teams, which is why the only reason I didn't pick that game. Like I, I'm sure I'll watch it, but I can't root for either one of them. So so for me, yeah, I went I went tried to go off script, but Casey somehow nailed it. I picked <laughs> at UNC. I think Syracuse offensive coordinator Jason Beck is a rising star. He was quarterback's coach at UVA and for several years, including 2021 when Brennan Armstrong went nuts. And as you've seen, without Beck around, Armstrong is not the same guy. He just got benched. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, NC State benched him. And I know Hughes didn't look great against Clemson last weekend, but I think they're good. I mean, they're form one, and I think they're going to be a good test for UNC. UNC is number 14 in the country. I, I don't think they're great, but I think May gives them a shot against a lot of teams. So that, that game is going to go a long way towards deciding how the ACC shakes out. And then, of course, I mean, form one William & Mary at 0-5 Virginia is going to be a more <laughs> harder. This is probably our best chance at a win until the last week of the season. So I think we have four of our next five after this weekend, our top 25 teams. So either way, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. UVA Twitter is kind of teetering on the edge right now. So I'm not sure how we're going to do if we lose to an FCS school. Have yeah, y'all won a game yet? No, we have not. We've had three double-digit leads that we've lost, and we've lost games by one, three, and three, and lost in some excruciating ways. So it, it's been a fun yep. season. So far. I mean, maybe at this point, an idea would be the offensive coordinator every Friday night just goes to Twitter and be like, hey, guys, do you have any ideas? I, I know 3YL would have some, right? I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? he's calling up Kirby Smart. I'm sure he can hook me up. <laughs> I'm sure he could. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Twitter user, Skibo Lightning, who asks, if your team won a big game and your fans storm the field, what ridiculous thing would you get caught doing? So Casey, I think we've talked about, you've stormed the field before, right, Casey? Uh, we call it gathering at the paw, who's? <laughs> <laughs> we do it oh, after that's... every game. <laughs> yeah, we have actually stormed the field before after big games. Bowden Bowl 37 or something. By the time Tommy Bowden finally beat his daddy, we stormed the, the field. And it was the last time Clemson had actual goalposts that stayed up year round because we ripped them things down, scratched cars all over downtown, threw them in the lake. They were, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But I have to suspend disbelief for a little bit for this question, probably. And I'd probably say something similar that I did at Cameron Indoor. I know it's basketball, but when they shoot free throws, it gets really quiet in there and really quiet. So I was that guy, and I decided to start yelling whoever was at the free throw line's name, including Rashawn McLeod, who I knew as a, as a fellow Jersey high school basketball player. So I was like, Rashawn! <laughs> and he, and like they stopped and everyone kind of looked because it's so quiet in there. And all I could get out was, what's up, man? <laughs> so I would probably go out guns a blazing, like run into the middle of the field. And it would probably be something like that. 
But your voice carries, so that's the one good thing you have going for yeah, you, right? I, I did Battier. My thing for Battier was, what's up with your head? And that's all I could do. <laughs> After that, I was done. I, I, I let the trash talk go to the Duke side. I couldn't do it anymore. Those were lethal, Casey. Yeah. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised those two gentlemen recovered from those shots. <laughs> well, I was scared because back in 95 when I was a manager of the basketball team, I don't mean to make this the Casey show, but I, I had two, uh, I had Dante Calabria around one arm and Jeff McInnes around the other arm saying, get the <laughs> off our court. And the ESPN camera was in my face. And this was before cell phones. So when I got back to my dorm room, my mom had left a message said, what did you say to those boys? The camera was right on you. So I thought maybe mom would hear me this time. So I think I got scared. All right, Courtney, you ever going to storm the field? Are you a field stormer? Uh, you know, I just don't think that I would ever storm the field. That's just not something that we do as Bama fans. But, but last year, if I was given the chance, I probably would have stormed the field and aggressively asked Bill O'Brien why in the hell he keeps going on a shotgun on third and short or fourth and inches. I mean, I probably would have got arrested. I'm not going to lie. I probably would have went to jail. So you're not going out to celebrate. You're going out to set some straight is what you're doing. I'm going out to get some some damn answers. (laughs) Demand. Demand answers. Demand answers. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't storm the field because of a win. It would be a, it would be because of a loss and I'd be going to find him last An year. An anger storm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. MBG. I don't, I really don't know what I'd do. I'd probably go around looking to steal whatever I could. <laughs> Gloves, wristbands, play sheets, down markers, the end zone cones. <laughs> Nobody'd be paying Gold attention. Yeah. Seriously, it's a perfect distraction, man. I would I'd be stealing everything. <laughs> so, it's just an opportunity for petty thievery, is 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 what you're looking at the field. Exactly. For. I'd be yep, I'd be scaring over by the benches. So I get in the locker room. Yeah, I really hope this happens sometime. We could just have, you like skulking around the sidelines looking for stuff. You'd have so a field you day, gonna- Clemson. Are you going to steal it for your gain or are you going to steal it and like sell it on eBay? Like, I mean, it it depends on what I find. If it's got some value, I I might sell it. I don't know. know. Honestly, that's kind of smart, right? Yeah. Maybe forge some autographs on there. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever to build value. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So I've I've stormed the field one time, and this is going to tee up something I'm going to mention later. It was when we beat Clemson in 1990, after we had lost them several years in a row. I would not storm the field now. I'd probably break a hip if I tried doing it. So <laughs> probably out of the question for me. And honestly, I was thinking about this. If we won a game that was big enough for our fans to storm the field, I would have enough liquor in me that there's a chance I'd be missing one or more articles of clothing if I stormed the field. So I think it's better for everybody if that just doesn't happen. So pants, notably. Yeah. Like that South Carolina fan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you may be hearing about him later. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a big speaking of which, uh, go to our next segment, Genius of the Week. And this is a big, this is a big week for Genius of the Week. So, as always, each of us is going to nominate the player, coach, team, conference, mascot, somebody who did something particularly dumb in the last week. 
put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, Casey got back on the board. Your nominee, Ryan Day, got 50% of the vote. Joy's nominee, Notre Dame, came in second with 29%. I nominated UVA football, came in third with 15%. And MBG's nominee, Zhang and Wang, came in last <laughs> with 15 I, I was going to try and get through it without laughing. I couldn't even do it. You, you, you were going early there, Hoos. <laughs> I don't understand how that could happen. I yeah, don't. I don't I get. I thought you had that one in the bag. <laughs> they, All right. Zayn and Wayne can't win. <laughs> they defaced the seven natural wonders of the world. <laughs> no, it's not natural wonder, is it? No. <laughs> All right. So I'm in the lead with 13 wins, followed by Joy with nine. Casey has seven. MBG is still sitting on zero. This ties back to what I just mentioned. MBG, you're now 0-29. For reference, you've now matched the Clemson Tigers, who beat UVA 29 straight times between 1955 and 1989, prompting Clemson coach Frank Howard to refer to us as the, quote, white meat on Clemson's schedule at one point. (laughs) Was it just the 29 straight losses, but just the complete disregard (laughs) and disrespect that we got? No. You've now matched Clemson, MBG. So you, once again, you're in very good company. I'm the white meat. <laughs> you are the white meat of Genius of the Week. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. That, that that will end today. I guarantee it. I promise. <laughs> oh, we're getting a Joe Namath guarantee here. He's called a shot. Mm-hmm. All right, Casey, who are you going with this week? I think I'm going with the most obvious answer here. My genius of the week is Ole Miss fans. Now, I was going to go with Ole Miss fan because I don't know if you guys have seen the, the the video that's floating around Twitter and social media about the kid who was filming himself, ran right up to a U, uh, LSU player saying LSU sucks. I think he said it a little bit more colorfully than I will here tonight. Runs right into the dude. Dude turns around, and I don't know if he clocks him or hits him or just blocks him and pushes him or whatever. This kid falls right to the ground, writhing, gets wrapped back up. Gets Now the player's being held back and calls him the P word, which was ballsy. But the beautiful thing about some of this video that we've come to see about Ole Miss is the security guard that was protecting the goalposts and the people that were funneling over the fence he was blocking people like that other meme, the, the security guy that was kind of just like playing with, you know, not touching anybody when he's checking people right. in. Am I, am I speaking clearly here? I don't know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but he was trying to, he was like, he was like jousting, going back and forth, trying to hit people. Like, what are you going to do, security guy? They just weren't ready for, I guess, to win on Saturday. Did body LSU? check like a girl who ran on the he, field? Or he did. Like, she was just <laughs> standing there waiting for her friends and he like uh, was straight on. What the hell is that called? He like hip check, stiff arm, stiff yeah. arm. Hey, well, he let all these dudes run by, and then this like twenty, I don't know, probably twenty year old woman comes like st- just strolling up, and he just hip checked her like into oblivion. So that yeah, was he, he's a brutal, a brutal, he's a, he's a beautiful soul. Anyway, all that word salad to say, old Miss fans, my geniuses of the week. And you didn't even mention the guy who did the flip off the goalpost, which. I meant to ask you at the beginning of this what you which one you were talking about. I thought you were talking about the security guard. 
Oh, well, I mean, it's that's the best part. There's so many things going on with that game. That dude did a front flip when the cops were trying to get him down from the goalpost. No, so my favorite part of the goalpost was when he climbed it and proceeds to make out with the goalpost <laughs> and then slides down it like it's a stripper pole. And I'm like, what? Man, I got to find this. He did I, have, I oh, did you haven't it. seen it? I oh, yeah. Go look at go look yeah. at it. My page. He, he had what right he now. thought was a private moment with the goalpost before he Oh yeah. Uh, I mean it, it. it was insane. Like <laughs> the things right, you do Courtney. when you beat a middling uh, SEC team. Sorry, Corey. So my genius of the week is the half naked pants down South Carolina fan. Like I just have so many questions. Like did he stand up? Did his pants fall down when he stood up? Was he doing unspeakable things in that football stadium? Like, I just have so many questions. And, like, maybe I don't want the answer to those questions, but I I, I just need to know. Like There were so many things going on in that picture. Yeah, and then, like, the people taking the pictures, they're like, what in the hell is going on here? Imagine sitting by that guy. Oh God. And it was just like, you couldn't help, but like, look at it. <laughs> and it was so disturbing. And the rumor is he was peeing in cups. That's what I heard anyway. And that they, the security came and accosted him. I don't know if his pants were down because he was peeing, but. The- I mean, why, why would you take your whole pants down? If you <laughs> to, to pee. Old guys got to do what they, they got to do. So. You see what he had in that package? I mean, he he had to do something there. To get it out. The dingy tidy whities really added to the whole milieu. What we were looking at. Yeah, I mean, it, there is just like a whole lot going on in that photo. They're not Gamecocks for nothing, right, MBG? That's exactly right, Casey. All right, MBG, is this the week? Well, maybe. I had to call an audible here. So originally I had seen today on Twitter, this isn't my genius of the week, but I had seen on Twitter uh, this email exchange between an Arkansas student and Dan Enos, which I think, I think turned out to be fake. So I'm not going to use it, but I was thinking about it. I was thinking, well, if you're Dan Enos, you got to be really careful with, if your last name's Enos, you got to be really careful with what your first name is or your middle name is. So that led me to Google Dan Enos. Again, this is just a side note. But you know what Dan Enos's middle name is? Patrick. Peter. Yeah. Patrick. <laughs> yes. I'm so good. So his name is Daniel P. Enos. <laughs> Why would you do that? I shouldn't. Because his parents uh, are awesome. Dan Enos's parents are our <laughs> genius of the week. <laughs> it should be. But that's not it. That's not it. So I had to find one even better. And I know you guys, you guys are a big Italian soccer fans, I'm assuming. Huge. Right? Of course. Huge. Big fan. Manchester of- United's my yeah. favorite. Well, Casey, I don't know how well you are or how familiar you are with soccer, but Manchester United is not in Italy. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's the same continent. He said so- that was so much confidence. I was going to let it go. <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> Man City, maybe? <laughs> Try it here, MBG. You're in the, I mean, you've got the right sport and the right continent. So we're going we're to give it to you. <laughs> no, Casey, we're talking Napoli 
from Naples. So they've got this player named Victor Osim Osimhen, who he's Nigerian. He's a Nigerian striker, Casey. And so they had a he's apparently he's one of their best players. So they have a game the other they have a game the other day, and apparently this Victor Osimhen gets a penalty kick and shanks it. So the team makes this TikTok video that shows him like crying for a foul, begging for a penalty, him getting the penalty and then him shaking it. So they're totally making fun of him for begging for the penalty and then missing the kick. And then he's threatening to sue them for making the TikTok. So I thought it was funny that this team makes TikToks making fun of their own players. Oh, it's his own team. <laughs> Right. They're making fun of their own player. And now he's threatening to sue them um, because they're making this TikTok. So for making fun of their own player, Napoli is my genius of the week. How many genius of the weeks have you gone to other continents for so far, MBG? Well, I'm trying to appeal to a broader audience. (laughs) (laughs) We have a huge Italian audience. I'm not your typical self-centered American that thinks everything revolves around. <laughs> it's those Italians America. Like Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. All right, so th- those are going to be hard to beat. My what was his last name. What was his? What last was his last name? Osimhen. He's Nigerian. You said it differently the first time. <laughs> so That's what I sent was going to say. If I was his teammates, if they wanted to sue me, I'd be like, oh well, now I'm just going to double down and just make some TikToks making fun of your last name too. So like the H was silent the first time you said it immediately. Well, my Nigerian, I haven't, I don't really have a real polished Nigerian accent. <laughs> I speak it. Okay. It's just not, just the uh, accent isn't real solid yet. Does he know Dan Enos? Dan P. Enos. <laughs> So it's good when I go off the rails before we even get to the message board posts. All right, MBG, I'm going to need your help with my genius of the week. So it's New Mexico State starting quarterback Diego Pavia. Can you say that for me, MBG? Diego Pavia? Yeah. I'm assuming that at some point his probably his mother and his grandparents referred to him as Dieguito Pavia. There you go. I just like it. Anytime you say something Mm -hmm. Spanish sounding on the show. I don't know if you guys read about this. He was caught allegedly urinating on the logo inside the practice facility of their rival, New Mexico, which, frankly, is hilarious. The part I have an issue with is he had a friend record him while he peed on the field in that video. I'm going to make an MBG dad joke. What do you think happened to that video, MBG? It got leaked. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, it's... the. The peen on the logo thing is awesome. Having somebody record you doing it just reinforces how lucky I was to grow up before there were any cell phones. And for that stupid decision, Diego Prava or Pavia, Pavia. Diego Pavia. Dieguito. Diego. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to the message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MPG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week five preview dropped last week with an episode titled, What is Damp May Never Dry? 
It included some classic Sicko's content, including Jim Harbaugh versus technology, NEC action, Kentucky going for a three-peat, Iowa being favored, and more. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. In their most recent show, they discussed Notre Dame versus Ohio State, Texas A&M versus Auburn, Clemson versus FSU, and much more. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, MBG, what do you have for us this week? All right. So as usual, Courtney, we always start out with what I think is probably the best meltdown of the week. And this, we're going to stay in the SEC. Seems like we've got a common theme. I think most of them have been from the SEC. And we'll stay there with our friends from Florida. They went to Kentucky this week, and it did not go well. I don't think they were really ever in that game. I think they got down like 23 nothing early. Um, or 23-7. It was ugly early. But I want to go back to before the game. They were a little bit high on their horse going into the game. And on the board, they even had some poetry aimed at Kentucky. So I just want to, I want to read one of the poems that they had about Kentucky going in. This is from Gator Boy 843 he says, Kentucky is a bunch of cousin effers. Their state is filled with fat, hairy truckers. They like to play dirty, so I predict the Gators hang 30. The Gators will chomp even away from the swamp, and boy, will it look purdy. So they, they I think they thought they were going to walk into Kentucky and take it to them. So it didn't quite work out. So we'll go through their meltdown. When the score was three to nothing in the first quarter, they were already starting to break down. They said, Nape may have sealed his fate. First, okay if the game, stack box, cover one, run ball, stupid. At this point, we're going to get bent over. We look like crap. Another guy says, Mertz is trash. And this guy, Skater Randy, I think we've read a Gator Randy post before. Gator Randy says, are we really afraid of Kentucky? Is that where the program is? We are getting dominated by a team that just probably that probably has less than five total players that would even warrant a phone call from a Gator coach during recruiting. And we have a legitimate All-American running back, and he's on the bench. So that's 3 nothing. They go down 10 nothing, and this guy is saying, honestly, F Billy. Can't stand him failing his players like this two years in a row. Uh, this offense sucks. Thanks, Billy. Might as well not even turn on the TV for away games. Whoever defends this crap show of an offense ever again should quit acting like they know football. Then they go down 17 nothing, and this guy says, I wish Couch, who I think is one of the assistant coaches, he says, I wish Couch would just eat Napier. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Napier is an awful coach. Can't wait until he gets fired. This staff is trash all the way around. Changes must be made. I'm 100% out on Billy Napier, 100% not going back. Then they go down 23 nothing, And this is when you know it's bad because this guy says, is Muschamp available? Wow. <laughs> That's when you know it's over if you're Billy Napier when they're saying, hey, is, is Will Muschamp available? And there's more anti-Billy Napier stuff. Then they go down 30 to seven and there's more Billy's days are numbered really never seemed to fit here. He's cooked apathy is set in onto the next hire boys. See how much we mess that one up too. And then they go to where we knew they would all go eventually. And that is this guy, Tebow Percy one, five, one. He says, we want urban. 
He's the only one that can fix this. Bring him back with two legit coordinators. That'll do the bulk of the hard work so he doesn't have a heart attack. Firing <laughs> Billy to hire Sanford's head coach who interned under Saban 10 years ago doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Let's get a real winner back in town. So they're already done with Billy, and they're going back to the only thing that they know is Urban. Sunbelt Billy. Is this his second or third year at Florida? Second. 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 (laughs) So my favorite thing was Chris Couch. He was, I think, his special teams coach, just catching strays. (laughs) The the one that you read was hilarious. And then another guy just wrote, fire Chris Couch. And the only text was fat ass. It's like the go-to, right? Either you call them fat or you question their IQ. I saw a lot of those posts too for Napier. I don't know if you guys saw those. Napier, man, he was doomed from the start though. They hated him from the jump. Like he's never going to get a fair shake, which is a shame because I think, I mean, I think he'll stick around because his recruiting class for next year is, I think they're ranked fourth. I mean, so he's going to hang his hat on that, but they need to do what Florida State did with Norvell. I mean, Norvell had a pretty rough first couple of years, and they just kind of stayed the course. You know, they are where they are. But I can't imagine bringing Urban back is really what's going to get them over the hump. That's lazy. I think that the fact that they're like, okay, yeah, let's just bring Urban back. Like, you guys didn't get rid of him. Like, he left you. <laughs> like, I don't think he wants to come back. Like, right. I don't, I don't get that. And then – the Gator Boy bunch of numbers. I cannot believe he came up with that beautiful poem and actually hit send. So there were, there were so many of, there were at least four poems that I saw that MBG posted. And that was arguably the best one. That's, that's a scary thing. Where they were in, Gator Boy, in Gator Boy 843's defense, 843 is the area code for where I live here in South Carolina. Education system may be failing a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, and there was another post today of them really questioning Billy Napier's intellect, essentially calling him dumb and stupid. Um, but, I mean, like I said before, I think they need to give him a little more time. I'm not sure that he's as dumb as they think they are. But their NIL program is probably one of the worst ones in the SEC. I mean, he's a, he's kind of operating with at least one, one hand behind his back here. Uh, they need to point the finger at themselves. Uh, before oh, they played even, Billy Napier. I didn't realize that their NIL was not good. I mean, they defaulted a couple times and lost yeah. Jalen Rashada, who's at yeah. Arizona Ooh. State. They lost a couple major recruits because some checks, some bags didn't drop, allegedly. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, in SEC terms, I mean, they're a little bit behind right. the curve. I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they're ahead of Vanderbilt. I don't know. I think Vandy's got some money, right? Maybe they probably spend it on stupid stuff like buildings and libraries and well, education. I mean, they, like they, all, they say that they're like really smart at Vandy, but isn't Vandy the one that their stadium was halfway finished by the time <laughs> the season started? It's like, come on, you know when football seasons start. Those, you those posts leading up to the season. Yeah, those new this year. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know what Chris Couch's official title is? It's like game day something, something or game changer coordinator. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, their special teams has been special this year. I mean, I have trouble telling my friends exactly what I do for a living. How do you describe <laughs> game changer <laughs> coordinator? 
I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I have exactly. no idea. I mean, he's been changing the game in a bad way, according to their fans. So I don't know that he could change it and eat Billy Napier. I don't know. <laughs> MVG, did uh, did you see the post about their AD about Scott Scott Strickland, Strickland AD? Right, yeah. Uh-huh. This one guy posted. <laughs> I don't know why this made me laugh. Scott Strickland should be fired on Christmas morning and his children's gifts should be confiscated. <laughs> That's just plain evil. Yeah. That's when you know people have gone off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about what I think was probably the best game of the week. And that was the LSU Ole Miss game. Did you guys watch that? Saw parts of it, yeah. Oh. I did not watch the end because my game came on, but I, I kept up with it. Oh. You were not happy that your game was not on the TV at LSU and Ole Miss. Yeah, you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, saw it. That. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty mad. Well, in terms of game quality, they made the right choice because that game was unreal, that Ole Miss LSU game. I mean, that was that was the kind of game that everybody wants to watch. 55-49, Ole Miss won it, and it was just back and forth the whole way, which when a game goes back and forth the whole way, whoever is losing their fans are upset and getting pissed. And there were several old Miss posts of them wanting to fire Lane Kiffin in the middle of that game. And uh, this fan from Ole Miss went even further. I think it, this was, they were down in the fourth quarter. They fell down by, I want to say four. It was like, I'm not sure what the score was, but they were down one score in the towards the end of the fourth quarter. And this guy, JP rebel, he says, Storm the field, make them cancel the game, embarrass the SEC to prove a point. Our fans need to act a fool. Told this board rep years ago that Keith Carter in actions will cost us multiple games each season. You all laughed. Enjoy spineless fan base. So I think what they ultimately wanted was their AD to somehow control the officials because they thought the officials were had this game fixed uh, for LSU. So they wanted to before they won the game, when they were losing, they wanted all the fans to run down on the field during the game and force them to stop the game. Genius? <laughs> or no? It was so funny to me how, how they jumped the gun before. I mean, it was a one-possession game and how they were jumping the gun thinking that they were going to lose the game. And that last drive that Ole Miss had, Lane Kiffin was a witch on that drive. Yeah. Uh, whatever was. your thoughts are on Lane Kiffin. I think there was just over two minutes to go, and he just kept running the ball. So your initial inclination is to critique him, like, why are you running the ball? Man, but he was forcing LSU to play the run, and they wouldn't do it. And he just, just kept sticking with it. And they were getting eight, nine yards of carry, just moving the chains till they got down close enough and punched it in. That was One thing fun, about man. Lane is Lane is a damn good offensive mind mm-hmm. like one of the best in college football but too bad that his defensive coordinator is p golding so, <laughs> yeah. i mean no wonder no? lsu scored almost 50 points you're familiar I mean, with his work is that what you're saying i am familiar with pete's work i am not a fan of pete's work but i am a fan <laughs> of lane i do i do really not just his twitter i do think he did a lot of good things for us and i do think that he's going to continue to do well at old miss but i think that you know a Bigger school is going to give him more of an opportunity, <clears throat> Bama. <laughs> and I mean, I wouldn't at right now. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if he one day came to Bama. And I'm, I've always been pretty vocal about that. 
But it was a good game from what I saw. The, the fans storming the field. The guy they making a happy storm the field instead of an angry storm, right? I mean, that's... they did, yeah. The guy making out with the goalpost <laughs> that was amazing. Security that was like blocking, <laughs> yeah. Did y'all see off. that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, that wasn't blocking. I mean, like, he was like, no, and then he just kind of like gave up on life. He gave like a forearm shiver to some girl, <laughs> he, did. he was like, stiff arm the shit oh, out yeah. her. it was great, it was so good. So a lot of people were complaining that the SEC, there were like several posts I saw on BG where they were saying the SEC is out to get Ole Miss. Courtney, I was wondering, are there, in your opinion, are there any schools that the SEC favors? Do you think they're out to get Ole Miss or anybody else? No, but I mean, I do think it's funny that Ole Miss, you know, they're like, what did the guy say about, he was like, they thought that they should have the officials in their pocket. No, they're not Bama. They're not going to have the officials in their pocket. (laughs) I mean, you got to earn that, okay? That's what I love. People who just own that, right? Like, no, we get calls. We're Bama. Almost every SEC game this year has been fixed. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the outcome has been predetermined. So, Well, I wish that they would have predetermined something else for the Texas game. I wasn't a fan. I want to redo. Yeah, you guys didn't like that one. Script rewrite. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, will, I will guarantee you that when when and if Alabama beats Texas A&M, that there are going to be multiple posts on the Texas A&M board that that game is fixed. I will God, guarantee wait. Yeah. <laughs> and vice versa, if Texas A&M wins, I bet there are posts on the Alabama board saying that the SEC is fixing that. They're sick of Alabama. Have you seen, def- I haven't seen Alabama fans do that yet. I don't, I've definitely, I've seen it from a bunch of other SEC schools. I haven't seen them saying the fixes in yet. We're going to see it. We'll see it this year. I, <laughs> I can't wait. I, I told who's, I said, you know, this is going to be my Super Bowl. It's going to be so much fun if somehow Georgia loses this weekend and then I go on the podcast. Because <laughs> we're picking Georgia and Auburn posts. Yes. Oh, almost oh. happened too it was close it was so close all right who's it's your we time. made it it's your time <laughs> to shine because this next post comes from your boys at virginia and this is a this is a great post i know it's been a rough year for the who's and i know you've kind of gone back and forth with different starting quarterbacks with the musket kid and the colandria kid and it sounds like the musket kid played the other night. He did. He started against BC. Yeah, he he was hurt against Tennessee. Calandria, our backup, 18-year-old freshman, started the next three games. Musket was healthy, so he got the start against Boston College. So this post is from a poster named Maine Wahoo, and he, he has this to say. He says, Musket is 16 of 21 for 218 yards and three touchdowns. I guess I can live with that but there's still a part of my heart that misses Colandria. Yeah. It's nice being a healthy, being in a healthy relationship with a stable partner, but every now and then can't help but think back to the times you did all that cocaine with your ex in the club. Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a perfect description for that Colandria kid. Cause he just seems like a kind of a wild card. It, it, I, this thing resonated with me because it is the <laughs> perfect analogy. 
First of all, one of the funniest things, so this is from the Locker Room Access website and message boards. They're they're great. And so I went, when I saw the post, I went there and found it. And my favorite thing I saw was somebody said, hey, man, to, to Maine Wahoo, hey, man, you made Board Genius says you might want to scrub your social media, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, man, the analogy is perfect because like Musket is decisive. He makes the right reads, like he does things the right way. Whereas Calandria goes off script. He's out there giving defenders the stanky leg literally every time he runs the ball, chucking the ball downfield. The problem with Calandria so far is when the fourth quarter rolls around, your coked up ex-girlfriend goes outside and slashes your tires because <laughs> that's when the wheels have been coming off a little bit with him. <laughs> but man, it listen, when you're 0-5 and you have a quarterback out there, not saying he is Brett Favre, but playing like a young Brett Favre where like, He's just chucking it downfield and hoping for the best. He's making guys miss. It It's electric, man. So he's made the season fun. Musket played great, too. It's weird to be 0-5 and have two good quarterbacks, two functional quarterbacks, but I'm taking what I can get right now, man. Yeah. Did you guys ever have a guy who you love to watch play even though you knew he shouldn't be out there? We have guys named <laughs> Billy Lucky. Billy Lucky was unlucky. He was terrible, but he was dumb as a brick. But, man, same idea <laughs> as Calandria. You just wanted to go see him go out there and, and sling it. We had all sorts of funny names, quarterbacks, for a while. Yeah, so we, we had Aaron Brooks in 97-98 was our starter. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he started for the Saints for a number of years. Mm-hmm. He had a cannon. He could run like crazy. He could make, like, spectacular plays. And then – just do like the dumbest you've ever seen in your life so it was it reminded me of ac a little bit he drops back and you're kind of holding your breath knowing something fun's about to happen but you're not really sure if it's going to be good or bad that's you know living on the edge man it's like that one year that tebow started for the broncos i mean he played he was just awful for like almost like three quarters in the 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 first half of the fourth quarter he was just terrible and then all of a sudden you know he just pull out some crazy stuff and denver would win and they you know when the playoffs and they beat pittsburgh in overtime he basically completed one real pass downfield to demarius thomas and they beat pittsburgh i mean he shouldn't have been out there no he should have been a starting quarterback but it was fun because you know every game he kind of did something crazy at the end uh, for him to win so it kind of reminds me a little bit of that Mine is not that he does anything stupid. It's just, mine's Tua, but not that he does anything stupid. It's just that, oh my gosh, it's so painful to see him out there because it's like, is he going to get hurt on this play? Is he going to get hurt? Mm-hmm. It, just every time he drops back, I'm like, please no. And that's yeah, how it was at Bama too. It, he was like that at Bama and he's like that at the Dolphins. I, I love to watch Miami, but it, I have trouble watching him. I'm the same way. Like every time he gets pressure, I'm like, oh. Like, I just, I don't want to see him take, you know, another big hit where he snaps his head back or something. Right. Courtney, you you might be too young for this, but I had a neighbor when I lived in Tampa, Florida, who was a diehard Alabama fan and sent both his kids there. Mm -hmm. And John Parker Wilson. Oh, all I, all I, <laughs> so when this topic came up, that's the first person I thought of only because, and rest in peace, Larry, but he would just say, John Parker. And this guy didn't curse. So to hear him say that every so, single Saturday, <laughs> I had a little nickname for John Parker Wilson and we, my little group of friends, and we called him Sarah Jessica Parker Wilson. <laughs> um, so 
I I mean, he just frustrated me so bad. I never liked him. I did. So he doesn't fit this for me, but I remember, will never forget. And I will never forgive him in 2007. It was the first year Saban was there. We played LSU at home. You know, obviously it was a huge game because he came from, well, he came from the Dolphins, but he was at the LSU before. Um, and so they were all hyped up. We were all hyped up. Then John Parker Wilson fumbled it on like the 20 or 15 and they went and scooped and scored. And I was like, and then they won the game because of that. And I will never forget that. And I will never forgive him for that to this day. Damn it, John, Parker. Forgive him. John Parker Wilson, Sarah Jessica Parker Wilson. But he was never... great on MTV's two a days. All right. You guys ready to talk some politics? Oh, that's what we do best. We do that so often on here, MBG. Are we talking January sixth, the old Miss or Texas AM? Which month? This is even better. <laughs> Much no, we I want to know everybody's uh, political affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do have a presidential election coming up in 2024. And I think if if nothing else, we can agree that we're in need of some good candidates. And so there was a poster on the Nebraska board who had a, a, a pretty good thought. Um, this is 90s Herbie. He says, is Deion Sanders the Manchurian candidate for 2024? <laughs> and he says, hear me out, which is always a great way to start a message board post. So just hear him out. Okay. He says, Dion suddenly flashes on the scene, gets publicity in and out of the sports world, prime everything all the time, goes to liberal Boulder, perfect place to placate to the left-leaning masses and sell his message of hope. He now has an audience. Look for him to join the ticket to challenge Joe as a possible independent or even get Joe to ask him to run as he steps down. It's all happening, folks. Time to put down the Bud Light. Research cloud seeding and remember the Constitution and all her rights guaranteed to her citizens. Never yield. I'm not quite sure what that last uh, never yield means. There's so many good parts of this. This is one of the more unhinged ones uh, we've had for a while. I agree with the hear me out. I particularly like the beginning when he says, Dion suddenly flashes on the scene. Yeah, yeah out of nowhere. <laughs> has been in the public consciousness for like 30 some years, man. <laughs> hey, who's this Dion fellow that all of a sudden showed yeah, up in Colorado? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I thought the prime hype was gonna die down after they got boat raced by Oregon, but apparently not. Apparently Dion's gonna be president. MBG's got the prime 2024 t-shirts I saw that you're uh, so <laughs> <laughs> do we know yes, we if a presidential candidate has to have all 10 toes? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we should research that before we go throwing around. He's a presidential candidate. All we know is age, but we don't know. Yeah. Toes. Yeah. Cause he's basically a frog or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think my favorite part of the whole thing is that apparently Joe Biden is just going to step aside and say, <laughs> I mean, Oh, Dion? <laughs> Who can I get to take my place? <laughs> Who's on my short list? Let me think. Who recently, new flashed, guy, Who recently flashed on the scene? That <laughs> Dion fella. Oh, my God. That's brilliant, though. You think these teams are just trying so hard to just think of things to get him out so that they don't have to play him? 
I mean, I didn't know until I was on Twitter how much Nebraska fans hate Colorado. And by extension, they really hate Dion. So, yes, I think I think they would almost be willing to vote for him for president if it meant he was not the head coach of Colorado. <laughs> at this point. You know what? Something funny about Nebraska is before I was on Twitter, I didn't realize there was that many Nebraska fans. I was like, holy <laughs> They are like yeah. everywhere. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. super passionate. Yep. They are. They're, very passionate. You're right. I did not. I did not comprehend the hatred between those two fan bases. No. On, on one of the Colorado boards, there's there's like a thread that's like 1,500 pages long that's strictly dedicated to hating the dedicated to hating Nebraska. Oh, and no. I just, <laughs> yes, they hate them, which I found funny. Not having shared a conference for what ten. Well, probably more than 10 years now. Uh, it's been since they were in the same conference. They don't even like uh, – uh, I'm going to check my geography here, but they, they're not close to each other, are they? I mean, no, as I would, a kid from the East Coast, they just fly over states for me anyway, This is a right? tough geography I, I, podcast I would, for Nancy today. He's struggling. I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard go. <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> pulling up a map there, Casey. Oh, I see it. I see it now. Oh, they do. <laughs> they right, are, right, like literally right next to each other. Right, they are neighbors. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the Italy and England thing was tough. Now we got Colorado, <laughs> Nebraska. Was it Casey that wasn't sure what the four corner states were too? Yeah, absolutely. That was yeah. <laughs> that part of the country really perplexes Casey for some. I'm teaching a five year old geography too, and think I'm killing it. So, you know, probably not. Poor kid. Oh. <sighs> Well, hopefully they all have enough electoral votes to get Dion into power. I'm, Did, I don't think uh, that the Nebraska's got the got the poll there. I, have you actually... seen Nebraska in polls on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they really do anything. <laughs> Are you proposing some constitutional amendment away from the electoral college to we some sort of a it. Twitter poll? Yeah, president? Nebraska fans will find a way. I I promise. It's impressive as hell, actually. Like they, it I've is. never seen them lose a poll before. They're yes, gonna get Tom they Osborne, Dion. Oh, they, they did. did. <laughs> I may have had some pull from somewhere from some big account. But yeah, some outside help. We're not, we're not gonna mention any names <laughs> because I was like, I'm not losing. You have some friends. Is that what you're saying? I got some friends <laughs> in high places. Yes. <laughs> Was it Lenny Dykstra? Absolutely not. <laughs> he probably would have just tried to give me some cocaine and told me to be on my way. What coach would be the best to run for president, if not Dion? Well, I saw somebody posted something with a fake electoral map with Dion versus Dabo. I don't know if you saw that, Casey. Mm. Oh, no. Dabo. Dabo was getting crushed oh. in this no. uh, fake election. In the state of Alabama, Nick Saban always gets votes for president. Does he really? Like on the actual ballot. <laughs> like That's I'm not awesome. joking. That's not. I mean, he would be up there, right? Crazy. He's the right age. He's like seven. Isn't Saban like seventy? I mean, that's. I think I he's he... like uh, early seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be that old to run at this point. He he probably would be the guy if you're gonna. I mean, he's, you know, he's not a super controversial. I know some people think he's woke that's been one of the running uh yeah i don't think things. he is i think he just kind of stays out of it i mean well, the man even said he was like look i'm gonna be honest i didn't even know today was election day i didn't even know that today was the day i'm supposed to vote like i'm just focused on football so he doesn't care 
I would think that the Brian Kelly seems like the typical politician guy. What do you want me to say? How do you want me to sound? What do you want me to look like? I'll do my it. family. <laughs> <laughs> Has he dropped that or is he still faking no, that? He, he, dropped dropped it. It. he did. He dropped it. Yeah. It was you so know, Marler, Marler asked him a question about it at Media Days last year. Oh, did he really? Yeah. That's awesome. I think he I went to the media day and just follow Marlar around. <laughs> Watch I know, right? Thing. I think Mark Mangino would probably win an election. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because we have to bring him up every episode at some point. Yeah, because he would just eat his competition. <laughs> he would just eat his way through the, the election. Yeah, he wouldn't have it. You'd literally have one candidate left. <laughs> We've done 45 episodes. I bet he's come up in at least 10 of them so far. Would you well, say, Casey? We need to do better numbers there. Who? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to keep get those numbers up. We do. Well, but what about Mark Mangino versus Chris Christie, though? Mm. If you get into a presidential debate, I'm not sure who's eating who. <laughs> That's true. Or what about the Florida, the Florida's game game changer coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. He's a sleeper. Secretary of Defense. But yeah. we would just call it the game changer of defense or something like that. <laughs> game changer of defense. I love that. America's game changer. I like it. Captain Chris, Game Changer. Chris Couch. <laughs> uh, well, that's all I got. Thanks for joining us today, Courtney. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really fun, guys. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Courtney, let us let the people know where they can find you on socials. I know who said something before, but say um, it. On Twitter, Court Ann, that's A N N E, 1225. Christmas. <laughs> actually, so, actually, the 12. The I'm 12 having a heck of a show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird and awkward. Christmas. Christmas. The 12 is uh, the month my daughter was born, and 25 is my favorite number, which was my favorite player's. Both two of my favorite players had that number. It was Andrew Jones with the Braves and Fernando Bryant, number 25 at Alabama. Nice. Christmas is also on the 25th. Yeah, it is. Isn't that, isn't yeah. that neat? It's so cool. <laughs> I'm just making the end of this so weird. <laughs> That's amazing. That'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers.